When I came back to Real Way to Love after seven years living in Snells, someone, someone said to me, oh, Janet, you're back. How long are you staying in Real Way for? And I was shocked. I hadn't thought about that. All I knew was that the Lord had said, come back to Real Way and stop procrastinating and finish writing the book. The wild side. And I would stay until I had further marching orders. But I was disturbed on a much deeper level because I realised that some people make their own decisions about where they go and what they do. As a blood-bought follower of Jesus Christ, I follow his lead, just like Jesus did. Jesus said, follow me 13 times in the Gospels. He used these two simple words to call Peter, Andrew, James and John as his disciples. Luke 5:11. And when they had brought their boats ashore, they left everything and followed him. That was plain, simple obedience. No buts. He called them for a purpose. To follow him and to do the will of his father. Just as he did. So, there's the general will of God for our lives. And then there's the unique will of God for our lives. This is our calling This is different for each person. This is why we were made. So the challenge is to know and do both and to be led by the Holy Spirit each day to connect us with our call and the Father's will. Here are some clues what the Father's general will is for us. Luke 9, 1-2. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Matthew 28, 18-20 is the Great Commission, the last words of Jesus. The last words of a loved one are very important. Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And our Father's prayer, Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. If we're followers of Christ, we're brought with a price. 
bought for the price. The highest price that heaven could muster. The price of the sinless, sacrificial Lamb of God who sits at the right hand. He died in our place for all of us to find life in him. Our lives are no longer our own. However, there seems to be a tendency today to leave and ask Jesus to bless whatever we choose to do. It's a matter of surrender. Mark 8, 34 to 36. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet lose their soul? The Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, 3-17, gives us the basic roadmap for life and the Father's general will for us, summarised in Matthew 22, 36-39. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. In some cultures, people love Jesus, but they just add him to the list of other cultural gods they believe in. But the Lord said in the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. If we don't renounce all other gods and put the Lord Jesus first, then we are not likely to hear God very well or want to do his will. But further to the Ten Commandments and the Great Commission, to really follow Jesus means to find out what we were created for, what our call is, and to do that. And when we've done that, to keep listening for the next instruction and then do that. To work out God's will for our lives on a daily basis. Kiwi author Colin Shulston recently wrote a great book to help with this called Understanding God's Call. It's available on worldsidepublishing.com and Christian bookstores. When Ray was a boy, he had the impression that he would be a preacher in the last days before Christ returned. This was an impression. Ray knows his call because he asked the Lord and heard him say, evangelism with a prophetic edge. To preach and teach about the judgment of God, this is not a message of fire and brimstone, but a message of love and compassion. Ray speaks truth and prays for people and is obedient to the call of God on his life. He's blessed. My call is straight out of Psalm 105 verses 1 to 5. Go forth and tell the nations what I have done. Tell of all my wonderful acts. This is about my book writing. The Lord quickened this to my spirit. To quicken means it came alive to me. And also Isaiah 61 verse 4. To rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. 
that they will renew the places that have been devastated for generations. This was a prophetic word from a visiting Morningstar Ministries team for me in 2004 in Snell's Beach. The scripture from Isaiah was originally Jesus speaking to the people of Israel about his call, which is now our call too, to preach the good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Then they, you, the people of God, the healed and free people will go on to rebuild the ancient ruins and rebuild, re, renew the places long devastated. There are usually layers of meaning in scripture. While this was possibly when the Jews returned from Babylon and rebuilt their ruined cities, it also relates to those in Christ today. The Lord revealed to me that the ancient ruins is the generational sin coming down on people's lives and combined with their own sin ruins a family and a life. Plus, on a personal level, our trust, the Wildside Charitable Trust, is restoring the old Arapahui bush camp and establishing Arapahui retreat for the purpose of healing people. They also said, I had the heart a heart for restoration in my family and the heart of a counsellor. You see, God has a way of bringing all things together when we are totally surrendered to doing his will and following him. Later, another team from Morningstar, this time visiting Ruawai, told me that I was a mother to nations and to dream bigger. You know God's call on your life is so much bigger than you could ever think. That's why we need him. My response was, dream bigger? Lord, I don't know how to dream bigger. You'll have to help me. Please help me dream bigger. And I think that's what we all need to be praying today. He can work with our smallness if we surrender to it to him and ask for his help. If we're busy doing something we can easily do without him, it may be time to question, is this your plan for me, God? Am I on the right track? And sometimes it's the other extreme, a long season of the mundane. Then, after years of obedience to the mundane tasks, and faithfulness to the spiritual disciplines, Bible reading, Bible study, prayer, fellowship, worship, and a commitment to a journey of inner healing and deliverance, we suddenly get a breakthrough and things come together. Through it all, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Philippians 4.13 Do you know what God's call for you is? Do you? If not, ask him. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, you will obey me. I believe this is more than just obeying the commandments but living a life of full surrender to God as Jesus did. Jesus is our example after all. 
Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. John 5, 19. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. And John 5.30, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just. Because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Being led by the Holy Spirit in everything we do, large and small, is essential. Here's a small example. I needed to go to Auckland to pick up a bed. But I didn't inquire of the Lord. When should I go? Friday or Saturday? I decided to go Friday, and it turned out to be a 10-hour ordeal after I got caught up in the fallout from three accidents. If I'd inquired of the Lord when to go, he would have said, go Saturday. Proverbs 3, 5-6 Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. All through the Old Testament, stories of David, one of the most common phrases you read, David inquired of the Lord. He was a true follower and he experienced great victories. God's power and authority are given to those who follow the Lord wholeheartedly. Caleb and Joshua are picked out as exceptions from the Israelites because only the two of them followed the Lord wholeheartedly. God's people are called to follow the Lord wholeheartedly. Numbers 32, 11 to 12. Because they have not followed me wholeheartedly, not one of those who were 20 years old or more when they came up out of Egypt will see the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Not one except Caleb and Joshua, for they followed the Lord wholeheartedly. When King Solomon was dedicating the temple to God, the first thing he said was, The Lord God of Israel, there is no one like you in heaven or on earth. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants, who continue wholeheartedly in your way. Jesus teaches us in Matthew 6 that his provision follows obedience. To not chase after food, drink or clothes, but seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all else will be added to us. I was speaking with an old matua from Ruawai years ago. I didn't know it was the last conversation I was to have with him before he died the following week. But he was lamenting at this, the end of his life, that he'd done this and done that, but realised he didn't do what Jesus had asked of him. He was distraught and wept. A week later, he was dead. I was disturbed and realised the importance of doing God's will. 
not our own. John Bevere wrote a book about this called Good or God? Joshua, who God used to lead the people of Israel into the promised land after Moses died, followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Moses said to him, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So did Caleb, who was able to say, I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly in Joshua 14, 14. Not only did Caleb follow the Lord wholeheartedly at the age of 40, he still did so at the age of 85. You know, it's not how we start that counts, it's how we finish. Lord, help us to finish well. May we be able to say at the end of our lives, we have followed the Lord God wholeheartedly. Please fill us with the inner strength of the Holy Spirit as we seek to see Jesus' new agenda fulfilled and the gospel preached in his name to all nations. If you haven't done the last thing God asked you to do, then don't expect him to keep asking you to do things. Lifeway College founder Trevor Yaxley used to say, slow obedience is no obedience. Repent for disobedience and get on with it. My journey of following Jesus. Write the book. Go to Lifeway. Don't do that job, which I did, and end up going on depression meds. Go back to Railway and finish the book, which I hadn't been doing because I got diverted, procrastinating, starting a counselling degree while trying to earn a living to pay for an expensive flat, which I couldn't afford because I was living in a town he didn't want me to be in anymore. <laughs> Finally, I got back on the right track of flowing with Jesus instead of making my own decisions. Then I married Ray and connected with my calling, establishing Arapahui Retreat for the healing of the people. Getting married, I inquired of the Lord, do you want me to marry Ray? I just heard, whatever man joins together, let no man separate. Ray did the same, we got married. Then I had to move house, but I didn't want to move. The one time I deliberately tried to disobey God, the Lord cut my internet off until I moved to the church house in Riverwhite. Then he gave me the best internet there was on steroids. But really, my cats were the reason I didn't want to move, because I knew. They weren't brought up on a... An 80, an 80k state highway. They were brought up in the country on a dirt road where the fastest thing was the motorbike going to the shed. I just didn't think they were going to survive. But my cats were more important than following God. They were idols in my heart. I lost them both. The gift of salvation is free, but it comes. But following Jesus comes with a cost. The first thing I had to do was leave my ex-partner of 11 years, the father of my child, who I was in an immoral relationship with, because I wanted to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, and he didn't. 
Matthew 19:29. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. And now I have a beautiful, massive family. <laughs> and I'm blessed beyond belief. And I have eternal life. Matthew 6.33. But seek the kingdom of God first and his, all, and his righteousness and all else will be added to you. Right, radical lives, one and two. Climb the mountain every day for three years with friends. Which made me strong and physically prepared me for the work at Arapahui. I didn't want to climb the mountain every day for three years. <laughs> but it was good. God knows. People were reaching out for help because of the wild side. I tried to help them, but all I could do was refer them to rehabs with long waiting lists. I was trying to dodge a bullet by doing something that wasn't really going to cost us very much. Wouldn't interfere with our lives too much. So we tried to run a few educational hooies for youth. We didn't even run one. It was a closed door. God never asked us to do that. Just because it's the hard way doesn't mean it's the wrong way. Then Ray had a dream about Arapahui, so we set up the Wildside Charitable Trust and started the process of acquiring Arapahui bush camps. Scary. Yeah. If it's bigger than you, it's probably God. <laughs> Read the restoration work at Arapahui. The Lord said to us, don't you decide the priorities. Seek me for the priorities. Faith has had to rise and rise each step of the way with the new territory. New anointings, equippings and blessings have come with each step of obedience. He doesn't send us out with what we, without what we need. We can trust him with that. Let faith arise and the enemy be scattered. Give your faith a job to do. Faith without works is dead. I highly recommend reading James 2, 14 to 26. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The word handiwork comes from the Greek word poema, meaning something crafted with skill and for a purpose by God. Wow, who knew? We didn't crawl out of the primor primordial slime and evolve from monkeys, after all. <laughs> for years I prayed the prayer of Jabez found in Chronicles 4.10, but not so I could be blessed in a prosperity gospel kind of way, so I could be blessed to be a blessing to others by fulfilling God's will for my life. Because God's will for our lives is always about the body of Christ. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Let's pray it together. Oh, that you would bless us indeed and enlarge our territories. 
that your hand would be with us and that you would keep us from evil that we may not cause pain. Ways that he leads us and shows us our cause. Get saved. (laughs) Are you born again and filled with the Holy Spirit? If not, today is the day of salvation. Do not leave today without being born again and filled with the Spirit. Hear God. Learn to hear his voice. It's the still, small voice which comes straight away after you've asked a question. The next voice is your mind arguing with it. Ask God. Sometimes we don't have because we don't ask. Scripture. Read Scripture and take note of when the Holy Spirit quickens a verse to your spirit. Talk to the Lord about that. Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. Impressions, dreams and visions. Understanding in your spirit. Gifts and talents. Take notice of the gifts and talents you've been given. These can help fulfill your call. The desires of your heart. Take notice of the desires of your heart. I always wanted to help people even when I was a total mess. And I couldn't even help myself. Proverbs 16.9 A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Prophetic words. Take notice of the scriptures and prophetic words that you've been given. Be diligent. Write them down. Treasure them. Pray them into being. A prophetic word is a call to action containing a promise. It's not a magic wand that will bring about things with no effort or obedience on our part. A prophetic word is a call to action containing a promise. It's an opportunity. Let's ask the Lord now. What is the call of God on my life? What must I do to do it? Lord, what would you have me do today? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for releasing revelation to your people, what they were created for before the foundation of the world. Speak to these spirits, Lord. Speak to our spirits. Father, we thank you, Lord, that when we ask, we, re- we receive it by faith in Jesus' name. 
Lord, if we haven't heard today, we believe that you will reveal it over time in many ways. We thank you that we are not created without purpose, that we don't have to figure it all out by ourselves, that your divine purpose is to be found and discovered. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit, which is our helper here on earth. 